Hello, and welcome to Violin Class, the podcast for anyone who is learning the violin as an adult. This week on the podcast, I'm going to be sharing some of the most common beginner mistakes that I see when I'm working with students and that I've heard from all of you as well. So I hope that by looking at these mistakes head on, looking at what's causing them and providing you some solutions that's going to help you in your own practice as you are working on your violin skills this week. But before we do that, if you enjoy this podcast, I would really appreciate if you could take a minute to leave a rating or a review because this helps new listeners to find the show. It helps give this podcast a boost when you're looking up violin resources in your podcast app. So if you've done that already, thank you so much. I really, really do appreciate it. With that said, let's now dive into some of these violin mistakes and how we can overcome them. The first mistake that I see beginners make, especially those that are self-taught, that don't have a teacher guiding them from the very beginning, is poor posture. So you're standing or sitting with your violin, you're ready to play, but what most beginner violinists don't realize is that their posture plays a significant role in their sound production, how their body feels, and their overall progress. Let's look at some key elements of solid violin posture and how we can actually work on them. The very first, which I think is the easiest one to work on and to notice, is slouching. This is especially true, I think, when you are sitting, especially if you have a desk job and you find yourself slouching in real life. Habit is going to take over and you're going to find yourself slouching in violin as well. It's really tempting to relax, lean forward or lean back into the back of your chair, but doing so really is going to restrict your ability to produce a rich and resonant sound. So, Instead, you want to imagine that there's a string that's pulling the crown of your head upward. It's aligning your spine. It's opening up your chest and it is helping you to relax. And this good posture not only is going to make you look much better when you're playing, it's also going to make you sound better. I found from experience that this happens often when you are looking down at music. So if you are just starting out, you don't have a stand yet, you're reading music off of maybe a table, or maybe you do have a stand, but you're just kind of going quickly. Having your music down on a table is causing you to look down and that's contributing to the slouching. So stand up straight, nice and relaxed, look forward and have your music up on a stand that's just under eye level. It's okay if your scroll points ever so slightly downwards, but we never want your left elbow to be touching the side of your chest. You want that to be nice and open and just sitting or standing with your best posture. So within our other posture errors, I think another really, really big one uh, mistake that not only beginners make, I think this is one that really can follow into many years of playing the violin, and that is tensing up your shoulder. Tension in the shoulders is a big one because it really is going to limit your freedom of movement in your left or your right hand. I think that it's more common to tense up your left shoulder because that's the side that's supporting the violin, and this can lead to unnecessary strain. So before you even start practicing, bring your attention to your shoulders Start with some gentle shoulder rolls, allow your shoulders to relax and drop naturally 
See if you can really feel the tension melt away before you start to play because if you start from a place of tension in the shoulders, you are setting yourself up for failure in that sense. So take a second before starting. Think about your posture. Don't slouch. Keep your back nice and straight but not stiff and allow your shoulders to come down. If you find that shoulders, especially again on the left side, is a big problem for you, it's always coming up, then you most likely have some sort of issue in your violence setup. When I talk about violence setup, I'm referring specifically to what you're using as a shoulder rest and a chin rest and just how you're generally holding the instrument. This, I think, is really a nice thing to work on with a teacher, just someone who knows what to look for and can help guide you in the right steps for this. Because again, these are really foundational skills. People come to me that have issues in something that feels like it's more advanced, like maybe a shifting problem, or maybe they're having trouble with vibrato or even just general intonation. And when we peel back the layers a bit, it ends up being an issue actually with the left shoulder or just general posture, how they're holding the violin. If you're not able to work with a teacher right now or you are just self-teaching for whatever reason, this is still something that you can explore on your own. Go to a local violin shop if you have one and check out different combinations of shoulder rests and chin rests. And see if you can find something that's going to be comfortable for you, that's going to allow you to be able to keep that shoulder down, to stay relaxed when you're holding the violin, and most importantly, that's going to make it so that you can hold your instrument without having to squeeze in any way and that the violin doesn't dip at all when you're not holding it up with your left hand, that you're really able to hold it between your chin and jawline and your uh, relaxed shoulder. So that's something else to check out. Continuing on with other things that I think contribute to a poor posture in the violin that are going to inhibit your progress is having a really uh, firm grip on the violin neck. And I know you may be listening to this and thinking, oh, I am guilty. This is so, so common. Holding the neck too tightly in this kind of death grip is going to restrict the instrument's resonance. It's going to cause a lot of issues with shifting and intonation and vibrato later down the line if it isn't already. So instead, you want to think about trying to find a very balanced and relaxed grip, which is going to allow the violin to vibrate freely in your hand. You want to think about your left hand as supporting the jaw and the shoulder in holding the violin, which again, you'll be able to do if you have a good setup. And the left hand is going to provide just enough pressure to produce clear notes without stifling the instrument's natural resonance. So the left thumb is not squeezing, the fingers are not pressing down too hard. If you find that you have black lines on your fingers or that your fingertips hurt, When you're playing, this is a very clear indicator that you are doing this. You're holding too hard. You're squeezing with the left hand, and that is going to cause problems down the line. So it's all about relaxing and thinking about supporting the violin more from the head and neck and not gripping too hard with the left hand. And lastly, on this subject of posture, I think one that is actually a pretty easy fix, but also quite common is your feet placement. So next time you're playing, look at where your feet are going. 
if they are crossed when you're sitting, if you're, again, leaning back on the back of your chair or if you're standing and you're leaning more on one foot than the other, think instead about placing both feet firmly on the ground loosening up your knees, really trying to have a nice balance between both legs. You want your weight to be evenly distributed between both of your feet and that your ankles are nice and relaxed. This is going to create a stable foundation, which is going to allow for smooth movement and to help you maintain control of the rest of your body. So I don't think it's going to be possible to do all of those other things I mentioned relaxing your shoulders, relaxing your neck, your left arm, having a nice straight posture if your feet aren't already setting that foundation up. That's going to be my action step for all of you. Check out your legs and your feet and your ankles in your next practice session. Pay attention to where those are, especially during your practice. So if you're playing a difficult passage, take a look at your feet, see what they're doing, and see if you can balance them, relax them a little bit more. If you create a habit of that, the rest of the body is more easily going to follow. So in summary, the first mistake, I think one of the biggest ones that most beginner violinists make is poor posture. And this is really going to stop you from being able to have a relaxed sound and feeling relaxed while you play. So now that we've covered that, let's look at another common beginner mistake that violinists make. And this is going to be neglecting your bow technique. Bowing is one of the most important parts of the violin. We always, I think, focus on intonation as beginners. I think that's one of our biggest hurdles and frustrations. But in fact, the bow is what causes most of the unpleasantness around uh, some of the noises that can come up when you're starting out and or even when you're not starting out. Just generally, I think a lot of the, the the left hand takes a lot of the blame. But in reality, the bow arm is often what causes more problems. So improper bowing technique can really leave your sound feeling like it's lacking depth or maybe it's squeaking or maybe there's bouncing. Understanding some of these bowing mistakes is going to help you to create a nicer sound and just a more pleasant experience, we can say, while you're playing. The very first one, which is not something you'll necessarily think about when you're starting out again, because maybe there are some things that feel a little bit more obvious that you get hung up on. But something that really does make you sound like you're a beginner or an amateur player is playing with uneven bow pressure. Applying inconsistent pressure on the bow can result in this kind of wavering sound, which maybe tapers unintentionally or has these little kind of like wah, wah sound effects uh, and prevents you from having a really consistent sound. It inhibits dynamics as well, and it even will create little holes in between your notes. So again, if you're starting out, this is not something that you're necessarily even thinking about, and it's not on your radar, but for a trained ear, this really is something that's going to set a more advanced player around, is being able to have a really even, beautiful tone throughout the bow, meaning that you're able to make the sound of the frog sound exactly the same as the sound at the tip and that you don't have any holes or wavering in between your notes. 
So to work on this, you want to really focus on maintaining a consistent and balanced pressure throughout your both strokes, especially in the lower half that that doesn't feel heavier and at the tip that it doesn't feel too light. So I think the best way of working on this is working on your martelet stroke in different parts of the bow. So the frog at the middle of the tip. I have all sorts of exercises that I like to work on with my students for this. And again, this is really not so much a beginner mistake. I think that um, although it is a very common beginner mistake, it is one of those that kind of hangs around until the intermediate or even late intermediate level before it becomes addressed. And just being able to work on this, getting a relaxed but consistent tone makes a huge difference in elevating the overall level of your playing and making things sound more connected and legato. On that note, another mistake, which is a little bit of an easier fix, but still is going to make a very big difference, is erratic bow speed. Maintaining pressure is important, but maintaining speed is equally as important. If your bow starts to fluctuate speed randomly, it's going to really affect your control and your overall dynamics. So oftentimes I see this at the end of a broke bow stroke. So you're you're playing your note and right before you switch bows and go the other direction from like a down bow to an up bow, there's like a little jolt that happens in your fingers. So that's when you're moving kind of towards your bigger muscles rather than fine-tuning your small muscles in your fingers and your hand. And that lack of control is going to cause like these random jumps in your sound. It's going to make like a little mini crescendo that's not intended. And again, it's going to sound a little bit amateurish in your playing, having those like random accents. So to work on that, you need to really fine tune your small muscles, your fine motor skills in your fingers. What I like to give my students for this is a lot of collet stroke. So just being able to move only in your fingers and that control later applying to your full bow is going to help you in keeping a really smooth sound in between your bow strokes. I think that's a very important place to focus on when you're looking to improve your sound. So start by practicing really, really slowly and deliberately on your bow strokes and focusing on maintaining a steady speed, especially in the bow changes. And as that starts to get easier, then you can gradually increase your tempo, all while keeping that really smooth and controlled motion slow is very, very key here. If you are hearing these random accents in your sound, um, little accelerations, generally I would guess that you are practicing certain things that are too difficult at a too fast a tempo. So slow way, way, way down. I'm talking metronome at 60 playing whole notes. So really a very slow bow speed. And that's going to help all of those muscles relax and for the bow strokes to even out a little bit. We'll be right back after this quick break. The Violin Class Podcast is brought to you by my very own private violin studio. If you want to bring your violin playing to the next level, if you find that you're stuck on a certain technique or a piece, you're having trouble making progress, I would love to help you work through whatever challenges that you're working right now on violin. So if you're looking for a violin teacher to help guide you in your progress, or if you're self-teaching and looking for a one-time lesson to check in and work together to make a plan for your violin playing going forward, I would love to work with you. 
I've been teaching violin online to adult amateurs of all levels for over a decade. So if you are interested, you can reach out to me at violinclasspod at gmail.com or through my website at violinclass.co slash contact. And yes, beginners are always welcome. On that note, let's get right back into the episode. So lastly, within the common bowing problems that I see is improper bow placement. This can really negatively impact the clarity of your tone and of your playing. A lot of the times with beginners that have just started out, the bow is drifting a little bit and it ends up too close to the bridge, which is going to cause this really um, aggressive, grainy sound that's going to maybe squeak and squawk in an unpleasant way and is going to be just generally very rough sounding, kind of like sandpaper in your ear. And uh, conversely, something that I hear maybe not so much with early beginners, but definitely with uh, intermediate players And this is something that I actually did for a long time, and that's playing too close to the fingerboard or even on the fingerboard. If you have a lot of rosin buildup on your fingerboard, so like just the bottom inch or so is white, you are probably guilty of this. And also you are guilty of not cleaning your fingerboard, which you should be doing every time you play. But hey, I'm not judging, just something that you should know if you're not doing, you need to be cleaning that off. So if you're playing too too close to the fingerboard, that's also going to affect the resonance of your sound. Again, I think people will tend to go up there because it's not so uh, jarring of a sound. It will lose a lot of resonance when you're up there. You're not going to have that depth and and richness of the tone that you would have in the middle of the string where you're supposed to be playing. But it's not going to be so aggressive. Like when you're near the bridge, it's a little bit less in your face it's more subtle of a mistake, which is why it can kind of stick around a lot in your playing. That is going to hinder your sound when you're going for a really deep and rich tone later in your playing, or maybe not even that much later. Maybe if you're a late beginner, early intermediate player, even late intermediate player, this is going to hold you back. There are situations where you're going to intentionally want to be in those places where you're playing say Ponticello next to the bridge or Soltasto on the fingerboard, but those are going to be markings that are written out in your part. Generally, we'll have that more in like an orchestral setting, but just so that you're aware that's something that in specific cases we do want to do on purpose, but for most of the time, generally, especially when you're a beginner, um, those improper placements are not intentional and they are going to set you back in your plank. So All that to say, make sure that your bow, when you're starting out, is right in the middle of the string. Later on, when you're more advanced, you will learn about contact points. That's another situation where you're going to want to actually drift into other parts of the string. But in my opinion, anyways, not a beginner concept. Um, First, you need to be able to stay in your lane, play with a really straight bow right in between the bridge and the fingerboard before you can start drifting around. But I did just want to kind of mention that in case that's something that you've heard of or that someone has told you that you need to pay attention to. Let's go on now that we've talked about bow technique and some of the things that are important to pay attention there. I think another big mistake that beginner violinists will often make are neglecting your 
basic scale and technique exercises. Now, I've put out a couple of episodes all about this, so if you have not listened to those, make sure you go back two and three episodes back where I talk all about scales routines, the importance of them, what they can do for your playing. But just to kind of build on that, scales and technique exercises might not feel like they're as exciting as playing all of your favorite repertoire, but they are really the foundation of your violin playing. Neglecting them can and will slow down your progress. So let's look at some of the mistakes that you can be making related to your skills and your technique and some ideas for making those part of your practicing routine. Firstly, skipping your slow scale is a big one. So no matter what scales you are playing, no matter how complex the pattern, how fast you're meant to be going, it's really important to start very, very slowly. This is going to be the model for all of the rest of your practice. If you can kind of dial in, pick a tempo where everything feels very comfortable, very easy, meaning that you have a clear tone in every note that the changes between strings feel clear and easy. If you're using your fourth finger, that doesn't feel like it's collapsing or tight in any way. You're easily in tune. Um, If all of that feels very far away from the scales that you're doing, then you are simply playing too fast. There's going to be a tempo where you are able to do all of those things, and it may be half the speed of what you're doing. So Another action step for you this week is when you're playing your scales, start way, 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 way slower than you think that you need and listen to every note and see if you can get each of them to speak very, very clearly. Then you can go on and do the rest of your routine however you are used to practicing, but you'll find that the clarity that you build and create in that slow practice is going to apply to the rest of your practice. If you're in a rush, do not skip. This is the one thing that I would say if you're doing something every day is playing a very, very, very slow scale. Whole notes, full bows, beautiful sound, clear intonation. Skipping that is a very big beginner mistake. Another one is neglecting different bowing pattern variations while you're practicing your scales. So don't limit yourself to just one bowing style if you're used to just playing your scale da, 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 up and down at kind of a medium tempo, that can get very boring very quickly. So look at different techniques. Think about maybe playing your scale all in legato or all spiccato. If you have an off the string, then off the string. Different combinations of bowing patterns. So that's slurs, different groupings, maybe some accents. I personally really love the Hermali scale systems book for this. You can actually, even as like a late beginner, just open that up and play through the first few pages exactly as written. That will give you a lot of ideas for different scale patterns that you can be incorporating into your practice. Literally just reading the notes off the scale. You don't have to think, you just play. If you're interested in getting that, I'm sending it out in this week's newsletter. So make sure you're signed up at violinclass.co slash newsletter. It's totally free and it's where I can send complimentary materials and just general violin things with these podcast episodes. So again, that's violinclass.co slash newsletter. So getting back into scales practice using the Hermali 
scale method, which I think is really nice in laying out and giving you a nice written version of different ideas that you can use in your practice. And if you play it exactly as written, that's going to help vary your bow speed and your bow technique in a way that's a little bit more interesting and that's going to be really, really good for your right hand. This experimentation and exploration of different patterns is going to really boost your versatility when it comes to your right hand technique. And it's going to most importantly add really expressive elements to your playing. So pay close attention to your bowing technique and control while you're experimenting with different bowing styles. Last but not least, I've alluded to this a little bit, and I know this is something that a lot of you are paying attention to already, but sometimes we do forget the importance of intonation in violin. Playing in tune is a fundamental part of violin playing, and I think it's one of the hardest parts of violin playing, because unlike just sitting down at the piano or at a guitar, putting down your finger, playing a note that's going to sound more or less good on violin, you really have to be very uh, intentional about where you're placing your fingers. If you're even just a millimeter off, that's not going to sound right relative to the other notes. So practicing scales with a drone, you can listen to my episode. It's called, Is Playing with a Tuner a Good Idea? That's In that episode, I really outlined the best method of playing with a tuner when you are practicing your uh, intonation, be it in scales or your pieces. So having that reference note is going to help to improve your sense of pitch and accuracy. It's also going to train your ear to detect those really, really subtle variations in your intonation and to help you to make those necessary adjustments to be very precise in your left hand. Remember, when you are working on intonation, make sure that your violin is also perfectly in tune. This generally is not going to take very much time, but when we're in a rush, it's something that even I'm guilty of skipping sometimes. But if you are practicing your intonation on an out-of-tune violin, well, guess what? Your fingers just learned the wrong places to go. So very important that you're tuning your instrument before you work on your intonation. So let's summarize because I was able to pack quite a few mistakes into all of those categories. We've looked at three main categories of mistakes that beginner violinists will often encounter. And again, it's not always beginner violinists. I think these can really stick around for many years if we don't address them. So those are poor posture, neglecting your bowing technique, and skipping or overlooking the importance of your scales and technique exercises. Maintaining good posture is key when playing the violin. By avoiding slouching, releasing tension in the shoulders, finding a balanced grip in your left hand, and having a really stable placement of your feet, you're creating a solid foundation for producing a beautiful sound and making sure that you also feel very comfortable when you're playing. Then we looked at some of the mistakes that you could be making in your bowing technique. It's very important to apply really consistent pressure when you're playing your bow and also maintaining a very steady bow speed when you're controlling your sound, especially when you are crossing strings or changing bow directions. Focusing on this is going to help you to have a more smooth and expressive sound. And lastly, we talked about the role of scales in your practice, making sure that you're not skipping, playing very, very slowly, and that you're focusing on intonation and different bowing patterns is going to help you 
have a more expressive sound and more versatility in your practice when you move on to your pieces. Some of these mistakes are going to be quick to address and to focus on. Some of these are going to take much longer and some guidance from a teacher to really perfect and become comfortable with. And that's just how it goes with violin. If you recognize any of these in your playing, I encourage you to reach out to a teacher either online or in person. Online lessons is something that I do offer either long term or to work on a specific issue like the ones that I'm mentioning. It's something that I'm very passionate about working on with students. So if that's something that you're looking for joining my studio, you can reach me at violinclasspot at gmail.com or through my website at violinclass.co slash contact. Getting back to the subject of correcting issues and fixing mistakes that all of us will at some point start to have in our playing and then realize that we are wanting or needing to fix it to move forward. Some things are quick, most things are not. So embrace that. And instead of trying to perfect everything in one go, focus on getting just 1% better every time you pick up the instrument. And over time, that slow, steady progress is what is going to help you to achieve the sound that you have in your head and to be the player that you want to be. Remember, progress is going to come with consistency in your practice, but also a whole bunch of patience. So keep practicing, but be gentle with yourself. Trust the process and know that things are going to improve if you're focusing on those things and you have good guidance. If you would like to reference any of the things that I've talked about today, such as the scale method that I recommended, I will be including that in this week's newsletter. So make sure you check that or sign up at violinclass.co slash newsletter. That's where I share a written version of this podcast, as well as some extra listening things that you can check out, sometimes some practice tips and just general extra violin things. So And again, if you've been enjoying the show, I would greatly appreciate if you could take a moment to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope that some of these tips were helpful. So happy practicing and I will catch you at the next one.